Hey everyone, here is Danny Abudai with another episode of our Ecom show. And today I'm here with the CEO of Gym Lunch and Prestige Lab, Kale Owen. This show is sponsored by Budai Media. Budai Media is a fully remote e-commerce focused retention marketing agency. In the last three years, Budai Media worked with more than 100 e-commerce clients and generated an eight-figure extra revenue for these clients. If you want to check out their website, go to thebudaimedia.com and just send an email or actually you can just drop a message to me on any of my social media channels if you are interested to work with us. Hey, Kel, how are you today? I'm doing great, Daniel. Thanks for having me on, man. I'm excited to be here. I think the best place to start is really what's your story and what you did before uh, you mm-hmm. joined this company. What's your journey? Yeah, so I uh, started in the fitness industry. That's kind of where I started my journey just in business period. If I go back further, played professional baseball here in America. And then for a little bit, I always say I had a little cup of coffee playing. It was a very short stint and then got into the fitness industry. So I was always passionate about that. Ended up starting a gym with a partner of mine, uh, partnered in that gym for a little bit, and then ended up starting another gym. And then that led me to the world of Gym Launch and Alex Ramosi, Alex and Layla. And I joined Gym Launch, which is a consulting, we're a consulting company for gyms. We just help, the easiest way I can describe it is we help gyms make ungodly amounts of money and reach more people and have a greater impact. And so I joined as a client first in 2017. During that time, I owned my gym. I also worked, I was struggling in my gym before Gym Launch, uh, ended up working for it. I was also working for a digital marketing agency, you name it, just trying to put food on the table, trying to figure life out, figure business out. Then I joined Gym Launch. We grew our, our gym using the strategies. And um, in 2018, Gym Launch, Alex and Layla launched Prestige Labs. Late 2018 is when they basically launched it to their entire distribution channel of gyms that we had at the time. And so that's when we started integrating Prestige Labs into our stuff. And that's how I got connected. So I started working for Prestige for Gym Launch, really on the Gym Launch side in 2018 as a salesperson. And it's kind of a crazy story. Start on the ground floor, uh, no expectations of really moving up or doing anything. I just wanted to be a part of an incredible company. Three months later, I uh, was moved to a sales manager role, which frankly, I was looking back, like I was not qualified to be in that position whatsoever. They saw something in me and learned a lot from that position, was there for about six to seven months. And then I moved over to the customer success side and helped building a coaching group that we had, an entire about 30, 31 coaches that we used to help coach our clients to improve their businesses. Built that up and then... Um, Moved into the general manager role in 2020, right before uh, COVID and everything. And so took over that leadership role and then moved into the CEO role uh, back in December. How many people did you manage at the different stages of this journey? Yeah, so on the sales side, I managed a team of... I think we had six salespeople, so not a big team whatsoever. Managed six salespeople. And then when I got to the coaching side, I managed 37 people. So we had um, roughly 30 coaches with some assistants and all that stuff. So I managed about 37 people on that side. And then obviously now I believe between the two companies, we're, we're at about 64, 60, 65 yeah. employees right now. It's a big difference, I guess. It is. Six people versus 60 something. Yeah. Yes. What do you think? What's the secret sauce? Let's use this word of of these two companies. Why could you become successful and not just with one company, but two companies? We are talking about two companies. And I think Alex and Laila, they have multiple companies now. So what's the secret sauce of of this uh, fast uh, success? I think if you, there's a lot of factors that are involved. Number one is you've got a founder who has both of them, both Alex and Laila, they're co-founders and they were co-CEOs for a while. You've got two brilliant co-founders who move fast, 
understand the game. They understand the industry that they're in. They spent time doing it, actually flying out to gyms and helping turn around gyms. They did this over 30 times themselves. And then they built teams that did it before we moved into this more info and coaching space that we did. We were able to reach more gyms. The other piece I think, and they they have said this and they'll say this too, is timing. The timing of the industry and where they're at. Timing is a massive factor in growth and scale. And just the ability to learn. So the other piece is one of our core tenants is grow or die. And if you're not growing, right, you're stagnant or as a business, you're dying. And personal development is a big piece of that as well. Um, and so they have never stopped learning. And that's something that they have made sure that that culture, that type of that core tenant and culture permeates through everything we do as a company. And that's yep. something that we really push hard today is that we should always be personally growing and there should also be professional growth. And we as a business should always be growing and moving and innovating and learning new things and driving forward to provide the best value for our customers. Because if we can make more money for our customers and help them change more lives, both through reaching more people as well as through the supplements that we provide, then we will win. So if we can do that better than anybody else in the marketplace, we're going to win. Yeah. What do you think? What are the signs of someone Let's say you are a manager and you have, you know, people in your team. And what are the signs that this person is improving personally as well? Not just professionally, but personally. How can you track that or see that? That's a great question. When they start pulling things off of the plate of the person above them and they start just taking things from them without asking mm -hmm. and start doing it, that's when this person is in a place where they are ready to take the next step and become really take on more responsibility. Most people, in my opinion, they wait for people to ask them to do things and they're not sure. Sometimes people are fearful. There's a fear part of that where it's like, I don't want to mess up. So I don't want to take this chance and potentially mess something up. And then there's the other side of people just simply sit in their bubble and they don't think about growth and wanting to do more. But thankfully, like our team has been built on, Hey, if you we're like America, when you come to America, right? The American story is like, you got to make your own way. If you make it and you do well and all this stuff, you're going to grow. It's the same thing in our company. We don't have a a typical corporate growth track. If you want to make your way up in the company, you have to literally create it. And that's what I did. I created places where I could go. And I was also given incredible opportunities um, to be able to do that. But it's the same for so many people in our company. I mean, I think of our, our director of client coaching. I think of Ed, who is our director, Ed Turney, who's our director of affiliate growth, like all of these individuals. And there's so many countless people who have grown in this company just by simply looking at the people above them, looking at what are they doing on a daily basis and without saying anything, starting to take things off of their plate and making sure that they can do it extremely well. Yeah, that's a really good point. So basically they start doing the job of their managers or, or somebody else because they are hungry to grow and uh, take uh -huh. responsibility. And On the contrary, if they don't do it or they just do their thing and that's it, they can be still a good employee, I think. You know, there is a limit there. So there's yeah. a limitation. How Absolutely. Much grow. Yeah. yeah, that's a great point. I think some people are interested in growth and some people, frankly, it's not something they like to clock in. They like to do their work exceptionally well. Right. But then they're not looking to take that next step. And we have employees like that who are phenomenal at their job and who I frankly, this business would not be able to run without them. And they're in a position where, hey, you know, I like what I do. I have no interest in moving to the next step or being a manager or managing teams. Or maybe they've done that in the past and they're like, I don't really want to do that again. But they're exceptional at what they do. And that's cool. When you are in the hiring process, can you see these signs already? Uh, can you catch these signs that this person is somebody who is really hungry for growth or it's hard? It's hard personally. I would also say I don't have as much. I've interviewed a lot of people and I've gone through the hiring process a lot. I've messed up a lot. So I'm nowhere near what maybe some people listening to this podcast are in positions um, in regards to hiring and firing and all that stuff. I'm no by no means an expert. It's one of the skill sets I'm trying to get better at. However, I don't believe you can really see that in an interview because you're seeing someone's best. And that's the best 
typically you're going to see unless you really invest in that person and really bring that out of them and really invest both in their personal development and their professional development to make sure that you're aligned with them. So the things that we look for are more so of, do they want to grow? Do they have a desire to grow? Are they willing to tell the truth? Most people in interview processes, um, they want to show their best part. And are they willing to say, you know, I suck at something and that they're willing to learn. And then are they willing to take feedback? Um, Those are some of the things that we're looking for. And then also I'm a big team player. Uh, I grew up playing team sports. This is something that we as a company are really focusing on as a culture is making sure with lots of different departments that we have and two different companies that we're managing, we as a team is a really big piece of what we're looking for. And so when, when we are looking to bring people on, we're also looking for that terminology. Are they using the words I a lot? Are they looking, are they using the terminology of like we, what we can do? Yeah, that's what I look for a lot. Like we have managers on the team that I work with consistently from a terminology standpoint where they're like my team. And it's like, that's not your team. That's our team. This is, we're all in this together. It's not my company. That's not Alex and Layla's company, right? It's a we, like it's our company. Like as a team, this is our job to go out and provide an exceptional experience and exceptional products for our clients. Especially managers. You should, they should use it and see. I, I personally, I also try to use it all the time that we decided this, we do this and our company, our team and so on. I think that's really powerful. Let's talk about uh, Gym Lunch and Prestige Lab. So if I understood correctly, Gym Lunch was the company where you built out the distribution network. That's more like a service business. And later on, you use the distribution network uh, for Prestige Lab, which is an e-commerce company. How how was this built out, this uh, distribution network? Alex is a genius. When he built this out, he knew. So when we look at businesses and we look at um, helping clients, we look in things in regards to verticals, spending verticals or wallets, what we talk about. And so I'm going to use this example of a client that goes to a gym. So if you're a gym owner or you're a business owner, you can relate to this um, either way. If a client goes into a gym, they're spending money on a service, which is the gym, right? And whether it's access or coaching, whatever it might be. But that same client is also has other wallets that they're spending money on, such as supplements, right? So they're going to go buy supplements and the average person's it's a massive multi-billion dollar industry. And then you've got a spending wallet of apparel, right? And then you've got a spending wallet of food. And then you got a spending wallet of massages or um, yep. other things that happen along with the health and fitness. But all of those pieces are part of it. And our goal by teaching our clients is to be able to dip into those spending wallets so that that money isn't going somewhere else, but can stay in house. So we think of business the same way. When we look at our clients who are gym owners, we're like, cool, they have lots of spending wallets. And so one of those pieces is supplements. And we think of it more so less of spending wallets and more of profit centers. How can we help them dip into a client's spending wallet and give them an opportunity to increase profits? So when Alex created Gym Launch, he created the service side where we were teaching gym owners how to increase service revenue and service profit. And then on the other side, we were like, okay, cool. Alex looked at this and he designed a supplement brand and company with the idea in mind of what is what are the things that I hated about supplements, supplement companies and selling supplements in the gyms that I had? He had six. And what would I change now? And so he built his perfect scenario for a company if he was a gym owner and it's exceptional. I mean, it's drop shipping, no need to hold inventory, no minimums. It's free to be an affiliate. Our commissions are the highest in the industry by far. We get 40% commissions to our, our clients. We have, I mean, the amount of money that they're able to make off the supplement. What are the averages, by the way, if you don't so mind? Our average lifetime is... Um, Sorry, I meant the... Uh, so you mentioned affiliate. What's the average in this industry? Uh, the average is below 20%. 20. Okay. Like half. Okay. Yeah. So we're two X to typically we're actually like four X, I would say above what the average uh, affiliate commission is. And so we designed that specifically because we wanted to incentivize our teams to be able to give them another option, another area to be able to make money. 
And so like we have yeah. clients now that, I mean, they've only been on for maybe eight months and they've made $70,000 in commission. And it's not a multi-level marketing, right? There's no downline. It's just you selling direct to your customers and providing an exceptional product. And so that's the business side. And then he went to a biochemist, Dr. Trevor Cashy, who is the youngest PhD in, I think uh, it was, it's escaping me right now, but he was the youngest PhD in that at 21 in America. Exceptional background, incredible person, has helped formulate other supplements, but he went to him and was like, I want you to make the best supplements in the world. And he's like, I want you to build what you would give to the athletes that you coach. And he's coached Olympic athletes, you name it. And so he's like, okay. He's like, these are going to be expensive. He's like, I don't care. I want you to source, formulate, and create the best products on earth. And so he went and did that. And yes, they're the most expensive, but it's cool because in recent surveys, we surveyed over a thousand current Prestige Labs users, as well as like end users and affiliates. And they all rated Prestige Labs as the best supplements they've ever had. Granted, they're also the most expensive, but there's a reason for that. They actually work. And so our mission was to go out with Prestige Labs and create supplements that frankly, and I'll say this and people may laugh, but frankly are not expensive urine. You're not paying for like buying expensive urine because that's typically what happens with most supplements. We wanted supplements to be simple to take and actually useful. And so that also tastes great and can be integrated into your normal life and help you achieve the goals that you want. And so going back to the distribution channel at the time, he started with service and we were signing up tons of gyms, right? And yep. most supplement companies go the e-com route where I'm just going to go direct to consumer. He's like, well, I have a built-in distribution channel here with the hundreds, thousands of gyms that are currently our clients. Let's plug this in immediately and start here. And so that allowed us to do over 17, I think it was over 17 million in our first full year. Just first full year, no direct to consumer. We had nothing. We just had a simple website that people could go to and see it. We had an affiliate website where they would purchase and we had an entire system built in in the background that taught gym owners how to integrate supplements into their business to provide a better service, better products, as well as to make more money for themselves. Yeah, that's amazing. What's the average price point of these products? You mentioned it's not a cheap urine, so. <laughs> yeah, so on the affiliate side, so we, we positioned everything so that if you went to the public site, you're going to see typically $95 to $97 per product, right? Okay. But if you purchase through an affiliate, you get a 40% discount. So the average is about $67. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a 30-day supply for what we have. And then on top of that, if you're doing the math, right, you get a 40% discount if you buy through the supplements, through the affiliates. And then the affiliates typically get a 40% commission, right? And then we have cost of goods sold and things like that. So our goal was to really build something that would benefit gym owners the most. That's what we were trying to provide. Mm-hmm. And uh, besides this affiliate structure, do you use anything else, paid ads? Because most e-commerce brands, they think in paid ads, Facebook, yeah. especially Facebook, Instagram ads, maybe TikTok ads. Do you use these channels or, or it's not really relevant besides affiliate? So we went down an entire road in 2021 to see what we could do with direct to consumer because we realized that we needed to expand and see what's possible. And the way that we did this is we figured, we realized every month for a little while before we started running paid ads that we were getting revenue from our public site and we weren't advertising it at all. And we were like, wait, people are going, we never designed it for people to go and purchase it. We just used it as a price anchor so that when affiliates would position this, they were like, cool, you're going to get 40% off. But people were buying it. So we were like, okay. Let's test this out. So we went down a whole road. We tested different agencies. We tried different tactics and things like that. And frankly, right now, what we what we figured out is that based on our pricing structure, we D to C is not the angle that is best for the business mm-hmm. and where we need to go. Just frankly, wasn't as successful as we maybe thought it could have been. We knew that it was going to be a struggle no matter what. So we figured we would give it a shot. But right now, we spend money on ads. We spend money on Google, all those things. But we see it as we're ROI positive on everything that we spend. But scaling it is a little bit harder. So we think of it as more brand recognition right now. And so that's where we spend a lot of our time. And then obviously affiliate 
um, going through influencers. We're building out an inf influencer affiliate network that will mirror what we have for brick and mortar facilities. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Amazon, maybe Walmart. Uh, do you use these? At the Amazon. We're on there with several products, not our full line, but we're on there with several products. Again, that's also a price anchor piece uh, for us, which is great because as an affiliate, right, when you're positioning, you can be like, cool, you can get these on Amazon or you can purchase them through me and get 40% off. Um, and do it that way. But Walmart, we're not on. It's just mainly Amazon and then our public site. Yeah. Uh, what What's your take on a client or customer retention? Because, you know, these businesses have been around for a while and uh, you still have customers. You've been growing and you've been growing fast. And what was the success to that? Uh, because, you know, there are many e-commerce brands. They scale to the moon, but they crash hard. Yeah. And that's it. End of story. But uh, it's it's not the case here. Yeah. So we... I think like most places, we probably took an opposite hit compared to most e-coms during COVID. I think most supplement companies saw maybe a spike based on the conversations I had with other people in the, in the supplement industry. We actually didn't. We took a hit and here's why. Um, okay. with, sorry, with the e-commerce brand or with, with Gym Lounge? Prestige Labs. Um, on the okay. Prestige Lab side. And the reason yeah. why is, and Gym Lounge did as well. Good news is like, what's cool is we're back up to where we were pre-COVID, which is great. But when you're working directly with gyms, and I'm just going to talk about Prestige Labs here, because we have yeah. an affiliate channel and everything is built through gyms, in 2020, 30% of all gyms shut down, right? Yeah. And then in 2021, another 30% shut down. And so you're losing that base that's there. And obviously, you're going through the struggles of what's happening. So that will have an impact on what we're doing, which is why we're trying to diversify and go into influencer routes, all that stuff. But it also shown, shined a light on like our processes internally for how we onboard new affiliates, how we're able to give back to them, how we're able to prepare them for all different types of scenarios. And so it really made us revamp our entire affiliate relationship process to make sure that we're able to provide what's needed for them and be able to be more than just a supplement company. We want to partner with gyms and help them grow. And so we work on things like providing our affiliates with internal plays for free that they can run with their current members to get their members engaged and to be able to make more money through supplements and to potentially sign up more people, how to use it to get leads into the door. Those are kind of the things, but I think going back to your question, I mean, the reason why we're able to still continue to make it through is the relationships that we built with our affiliates and we truly care about them and their end users. We will not provide products that we don't believe in. And so we've been, obviously, we've had tons of opportunities to white label and provide lots of um, other products. But frankly, if, if they don't receive the stamp of approval from us or Dr. Kashi, we're not going to provide them because we don't believe in them. And we don't believe that gym owners should sell things that they don't believe in or provide products that they don't believe in or use, which is why like all of our clients, they all use the, the supplements. They all take it. We actually require them as an, as an affiliate to go through this process where they get their entire team bought in and they understand it and they use it before they ever mention it to their clients because there's no point in doing that unless you actually have that opportunity to go through it yourself. We had the same, bit similar experience with uh, our agency that uh, when COVID hit, uh, we had a few clients who left mm -hmm. and uh, we, you know, we just didn't know what to do at first, but we went to the existing clients and uh, how we can help you. And uh, actually we upsold many things to yeah. our best uh, clients and actually they they thought like okay now it's covid actually much of our competition they leave the market it's time mm -hmm. to double down because we are we are going we are doing well and then we upsold many things as an agency which was good for our business but it was good for them as well they could uh, grow further and uh, in like two months you know there was no loss so that's how we saw it as well especially on the gym launch side because mm -hmm. there's a lot of gurus out there and we've we have personally built i think we're at 21 now 21 different gurus that have come through our system and then gone and done their own thing. Mm -hmm. And 
we saw most of them crash and burn. And mm -hmm. so we get to capture now more of the market because of what's happening. Are you planning to go outside of the US, by the way? Canada or Europe at some point or, or clearly just the US? So we're in Canada right now. We're just in North America right now. So the reasons, there's obviously uh, reasons for international stuff. We have some things in regards to our supplements, the levels of certain ingredients, passing inspections and things like that, which is also, there's a reason why our supplements work. Um, we have higher levels of certain ingredients uh, because they work. And it's something that's, um, we don't want to have something that is not exceptional. But the other pieces, there's obviously other regulatory aspects and legal aspects of going overseas that are more on the manufacturing side than anything else. So mm -hmm. it's making sure we have to have obviously home bases in those areas. Um, and we just haven't gone down that route simply because right now, because of our affiliate networks and the gyms that we're working with, while we'd like to, the highest percentage of our clients live and reside in the US and Canada. Yeah, you have a strong local presence, I guess, and okay. uh, you build on that. So and the US is a big enough market and Canada. And also, it seems to me that you focus on a high value products and services. So you don't want to do any you know price war with other companies you rather want to be on the top of the price range let's say and mm -hmm. that's your approach yeah we do not uh we're definitely the we always pride ourselves on being the most expensive but the most valuable i have just one more question so yeah. what would be one piece of advice that you would give to e-commerce entrepreneurs who are around six figure seven figure range low eight figure range something around those numbers yeah so i think they hear this but i think this is a big piece is like don't be afraid to scale don't be afraid to push harder and scale faster. I think there's a time where people like to hold back, but if you're ROI positive, when it gets easy, go faster. And sometimes like, I think people like to sit back and they're like, this is really cool and I'm making a profit and this is great. But when you're in a position like what happened during 2020 and 2021, if you came out of that and you have grown and been successful, you can eat up much more of the marketplace, but the person who's going to act faster and more aggressive and smarter strategically, they're going to be the person that's going to come out of this for years to come and they're going to crush it and solidify their space and their their place in this space. And so if you're in a position where you're looking to scale, go hard. So you're not a fan of making 20% profit, being uh, you know comfortable, invested into, into Bitcoin or stocks or whatever, because I can see it with my friends as well. And I'm not a fan of that approach, by the way. It's yeah. I 100% agree. I'm a big fan of... Uh, Doubling down on you and your skill sets. Too many people, I mean, I, you've probably seen this. You talk about your friends. I've seen this in the industry where all of a sudden all these agencies or gurus and all these people suddenly all of a sudden came out of the woodwork and now they're crypto experts. And that yeah. usually only happens because the question now that I ask, and this is for anyone that's listening to this, if you're trying to dabble in that, the reason you're dabbling in that most likely is because you're not making the money that you want to in your business. And so yeah. if you took that time that you're spending, it's a shiny object. And yes, you can make a ton of money in crypto. Cool. Go do that all the time. Full day, yeah. Dabble, right? Go all in. Yeah. And so either do everything, because I guarantee you, if you put the time and effort into this, you could probably make the same or more and develop a better skill set in what you're doing. But if you like crypto, go do crypto. But for most people, I think this whole dabbling piece of going back and forth, it's, it's frankly one of those things where one of them is going to die. Whether one of the businesses is going to die. You're either going to die on the crypto side and eat it, or you're going to die. Your business is going to shut down, which then will affect other people. Crypto, you can do by yourself. This, if you have a business, you're beholden to the business and you've got people that rely on you and it's your responsibility to help grow that, right? And if you're not all in, then you should get out, sell it, hand it over to someone who can and just focus on what you want to do. Yeah, I fully agree with this. Uh, thank you, Kale, for coming here today and sharing this great story. And thanks everyone who listened to us today. If you like this episode, then please go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, give us a review, give us a good or bad rating, depending on, you know, if you like it or not. And uh, thanks again. Stay tuned, everyone. Daniel, thanks, man.